Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, guys, it is the 19th of July, and you are listening to episode 132. Uh, first, I'd like to say hello to Ryan and Tyler. Again, this is, must be like a, a streak of us being on at the same time. It's kind of weird. I know. It's a weird feeling when we have all consistently just been on. Um, but we do have a special guest tonight. We have Jared Brown from Draft Prospects Hockey. How are you doing tonight, Jared? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, and I've got Jared on tonight to kind of talk about something we haven't talked about very much, and that is the second round, where the Red Wings now do have two picks, thanks to the Nick Letty trade. Um, but we do have two picks, and and I know we've focused a lot on the first round, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But we haven't really gone into the second round simply because a, a lot, we're kind of real busy and don't have a lot of time to look at it. And B, this draft is kind of so weird with how much people were able to scout and leagues getting canceled and people shifting around. But there's kind of, I feel like, the the potential for anything to happen this draft. And, and that's kind of where we got lost in the weeds a little bit. But I kind of wanted to throw some stuff out to you, uh, Jared, and have you talk about uh, kind of our options at six. I'll kind of give you what our option, what we thought our options were. And then we'll go into the second round, if that sounds good with you. Sounds perfect. Awesome. So we had talked a few episodes. I've made some cool digital draft pick profile trading cards that I've like been posting on fancy. Twitter. Yeah, fancy uh, tra- <laughs> digital trading cards I put out on Twitter. And our picks, and, and I've kind of even changed the, the list a little bit, but I think our most likely pick at six is Mason McTavish. Um, but we've I also talked that, yes. about Kent Johnson. Uh, Fabian Lysel, Chaz Lucius, Luke Hughes as a long shot. And then I thought for a while that uh, Eklund would have been a long shot. But now it seems that he's gotten more into the conversation. But I figured he'd be gone by six. Um, But those are the names that we kind of talked about. And I kind of just wanted to get your look at those prospects around that area. And knowing the Red Wings probably need a forward unless an elite, elite defensive prospect is available. Kind of what you would do there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and uh, I'll start off by saying I think I completely agree with you guys with the McTavish pick at uh, number six. I think uh, he really elevated his game at the U18s with Team Canada, so uh, I think he really leapfrogged himself into more of a uh, a top 10 uh, position where I think he was maybe hovering around 10 to 15 before that. Obviously, uh, didn't get to play a lot this year because the OHL season was canceled, but he did go overseas to play in Switzerland. And, you know, uh, I think his stats speak for itself. I think he scored like almost a goal a game um, or something like that. Yeah, he was uh, on a rip. 
Yeah, no, and, and that's something that is such a staple to his game. He has such an NHL-ready shot, and you know his his release is so powerful and accurate that he can beat. He McTavish can really beat goalies uh, with either power or precision, and that that is a, a huge staple to to being a consistent goal scorer in the NHL. So I think I think McTavish is uh, definitely someone that you know would be very viable and a valuable player to draft the number six uh, for the Red Wings. I, I, I definitely agree with you guys there. I think uh, another player that, and actually, like you said, with Luke Hughes, I think it's a long shot. And, you know, the the elite defensemen in this draft class, I think they're probably going to go uh, before number six. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, I think Owen Power probably goes number one and then Brant Clark and Luke Hughes. And I think they're going to go uh, in the top five, so they won't be available. But uh, I'd be curious what you guys think about the goaltender, Jesper Wallstad, huh. and if you oh, you boy. would be uh, against drafting him too early or um, or <laughs> if that would be a good pick. So uh, what do you guys think about oh, that? Oh, God. Okay, so my stance in life is <laughs> I am – generally firmly against taking a goalie in the top 10 uh, simply because I hold the position that goalies are voodoo. They take so long to develop if they develop at all. Uh, Their risk for injury seems to be greater. Um, If you look at even recently with us, Philip Larson, who Mm. showed a lot of promise, did great in college, destroyed the NCAA, comes over, flops with Grand Rapids, gets sent to Toledo, flops with Toledo, and I believe is now in Austria. So to me, it's, and and granted, he wasn't a high pick, but I struggle taking a goalie in the top 10 when I feel like you can win a Stanley Cup with above average goaltending. I don't think you need elite goaltending to win a Stanley Cup. True. Yeah, I think 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 that's fair. Um, I I think, um, you know, where I would I would rec- uh, I would push the walls that narrative is I think you know he's very uh, when watching him play he's very carry price ish uh, I really like his technique and his control and the the crease I think he's very composed where not a lot of stuff is going to rattle him and, and he shows that maturity that is already uh, you know pro level and that's why he has success playing against men in Sweden and why I think he would translate well to the NHL. I agree with you that, you know, goalies are, are voodoo. I mean, you know, they're, they're projecting so them as insane. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, uh, I think Rick DiPietro, didn't he go first overall? And I don't know yep. if that was a great pick at the end of the day, uh, cause he kind of flamed out, um, so I agree with you. And I, and I think, you know, what's more important, you know, just base, you know, just looking off, you guys would know this more because you follow Detroit and the Red Wings more. But I think what's more important probably for the Red Wings is to get a second line or, or even get, you know, a guy who could leapfrog Larkin at the center position, get someone who can play behind Larkin and not have all the eyes on Dylan Larkin, you know, and we know how important a one-two punch down the middle really can be in the NHL. So I think drafting a natural centerman uh, in McTavish or even Kent Johnson, I think Kent Johnson would be, you know, a little, uh, he could turn into a steal because of how high his offensive potential really is. And he's such a high risk player, but, you know, he can really flash the, the skill and the offense at times where um, you, you could argue that Johnson would be your skilled offensive 
centerman who is setting up his line mates and producing at a high rate at the NHL level. And then Dylan Larkin's kind of your two-way forward and more responsible uh, with the, the two-way and, and the defensive side of things where he's your, he's your shutdown guy. He's going to play against the team's top lines. And then Ken Johnson can maybe uh, come out and expose uh, second line matchups, uh, you know, down the road. So I, I think, you know, Ken Johnson, you know, I, I kind of, you know, skipped over there to Ken Johnson, but I think he could definitely be an option if he's available. I think, you know, his, his draft position is, is very wonky. You know, we, we, yeah. we had him actually up at number four at some point because we valued his offensive upside so much. And we thought he could be, you know, the player and the forward that's going to be producing the most points uh, in, you know, regular season and uh, out of the, out of his draft class. But I think, uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of uh, there's still a lot of ironing out in his game, especially like his physical maturity and his his defensive presence is, is not very um, matured yet. But, you know, that comes with age, obviously. Yep. And I think McTavish is more I mean, the, McTavish is built like a like a bowling ball. I mean, he's already physically mature and, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about that. But I think and, and one thing actually with uh, McTavish over Johnson is I find McTavish already has a better 200 foot two-way game so you know I think McTavish could leapfrog Johnson on multiple people's scouting uh, rankings and and maybe Detroit's yeah I think something like that point about the 200 foot game especially for what we've seen the last couple years with Eisenman and Blaschel and a lot of their prospects talk and speak is that's what they've been hammering home when you look at Philip Sedina and we've talked about this before on, on the show but he rounded his game out where he's not just looking to shoot and be an offensive dangler. He was in the back check, making those plays in his own end behind, below the goal line, doing the hard stuff where mm-hmm. you see a McTavish, like when I watched what you just mentioned, like that's that almost start to fit the mold that they're pushing toward. And maybe Johnson just needs yeah. that little bit more refinement. And he also needs to put on yeah. a lot of size and compare to McTavish because he's already – McTavish is 200 plus pounds, but I I think that bringing in another guy like that, that can maybe almost do the exact same thing that we're already seeing from Larkin, uh, that's a home run, in my opinion. Yeah, Yeah. and Bob McKenzie today uh, actually talked about Mason McTavish. Uh, What he said is he was seen as a hard skating winger with a pro release, is now physically mature, bullish, old school throwback, 200 foot two-way center. All the tools mm-hmm. to score goals or make plays and able to impact the game in every area, power play, penalty kill, and face-off, and in all three zones. So he just seems like your complete package out the gate. But to your point of a goalie, just to give credit to goalies, we have us with our second first-round pick in some shape or form getting Sebastian Kosa. So mm-hmm. if we can get the second-best goalie in the draft, I, I think I feel better sleeping at night, um, not using number six overall to pick a goalie yeah i think you know that is fair and, and honestly i was even looking at um you know obviously you, you touched on at the start of the show about the uh, the second round picks and you know whether with uh their uh i think it's the 48 they're picking 38th and 48th overall yeah um, just double check yeah so with the 48th overall pick you know you could even argue that they could pick uh benjamin goudreau um, and then there's, you know, a quality goaltending prospect. He's probably the third ranked best goalie in this draft. And then you don't have to waste your two first round picks on a goalie. But to get back to your point there with Kosa, 
you know, yeah, you're definitely going to get the second best goalie. I've even seen some people rank him as better than Molstan. They like him more and his, his potential because of how big he is. I mean, the, the guy is, you know, a monster in the net, 6'6", and, and, and over 210 pounds, I think. And, and he's just so athletic, too. It, it, it's really, he, he's like a unicorn in the sense that you don't get goalies that big, but that natural of size and be as athletic as he is. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable to see it. Um, now, with being so athletic, he, he can scramble and his positioning can sometimes need work. But that that is something that a good goalie coach can hammer down and help out. So um, I think Costa available at number 23 uh, for the Red Wings is definitely, you know, a viable option. I like that. I think he's, you know, a big butterfly puck stopper. And I think, you know, he he plays pretty similar to to someone like Ben Bishop. Let's just hope he doesn't have an injury history yeah. like Ben Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> As we know, that's, you know, that's a, well, it's not a different wish topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I like Kosa and, you know, his, his play this year, even though it was a brief, a brief stint uh, because the WH, uh, WHL only played around 20 or 24 games, it was still very remarkable. He played, you know, it, it was really impressive. So, um, I think he's got areas to work on in his game, Kosa, but he is very much a natural talent due to his size, his athleticism, <laughs> and uh, he's, he's really good at keeping the puck away from the middle after original save. He's really good at punching it to the corners, punching it away from danger, and that's something that I, uh, you know, is very, very um, important for a goalie, you know, just to... Eliminating you know, the, the scoring can, chance. Exactly. If they can kick out that puck, you know, with their pad, with their stick, which however they do it, if that can just get away from a second chance, a dangerous second chance, that is a huge get in a, in a goaltending prospect already. And I think Kosa has that. And to go back to the trivia, because I did look it up at some point because I was actually talking to someone about this on Twitter. Since the year 2000, top th- goalies that have been picked in the top 10 were Fleury, Price, Lettinen, LeClaire, Montoya, Blackburn and Cron were all picked in the top 10 plus DiPietro. You can pick out of that list. You can pick out of that list who was good. Yeah. And, and there's uh, some pretty decent names on there. Yeah, but how, how many Stanley Cups are on that list? Uh, two. So there you go. You don't need a top 10 goalie, especially in the past 20 years. You don't need a top 10 goalie to win a cup. Some of the names on there, I didn't even, I don't even know. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, you say Blackburn? Yeah, Blackburn. What, uh, what's his first name? I got, I didn't even type it down because I just went with last <laughs> names. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that even proves the <laughs> almost the point where it's it's tough to even. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean. It was Dan, Dan, Dan Blackburn. Daniel. Yep, he was drafted uh, by number 10 overall in 2001 by the New York Rangers. He played 2001 to 2005. Wow. That's... Yeah. So it's the, wow. the <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like that's a top 10 goalie and he he yeah. not good. He went the uh, let's see 20 32 and 11 with one shutout. For, so. Yeah, for a top 10 pick, that's definitely a flame mode. And, and then we even see, you know, someone like uh, Jack Campbell now with the, the Maple Leafs, who I think Campbell was an 11th overall pick, I believe, with Dallas. And it took him so long. And even now, it's, you know, now you're going to see maybe if he can 
finally have a uh, you know a first year as a starting goalie with the Maple Leafs and you know them probably not re-signing Freddie Anderson so we'll see if Jack Campbell can finally live up to the 11th overall pick name yeah. but I mean he's he's around 28 years old now so it, then it goes back to your point that they can take they can take a lot longer to 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 pan out and you know if you if you're Dallas you did not project <laughs> Jack Campbell to then become your starting goalie when he was 28, obviously. No, not at all. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's that's why I mean, I, goalies, okay. I mean, I'll take them in later. If I'm taking a goalie in the first round, it's going to be a little later in the first round. And yeah. if I see, maybe even if I see Wallstedt fall to a, a 15 or a 16, maybe I trade my 20th, 20 in the my pick in the 20s up with a couple yeah. other assets to move up and take him if I, if I, if he's still there. But yeah. I want to hear Tyler's take on the goalie because I know he's very passionate. So my thoughts are on the goaltending situation is I do kind of agree with Greg. I've kind of come back on this because I have seen a lot of Wallstad, you know, of course, as much video as possible. And, I mean, if he projects to be a number one goalie like a Pecorine or a Carey Price or maybe a Carter Hart, you know, going forward, is it worth a sixth overall pick? I mean – you look at the teams with the best goalies, it doesn't seem like they're ever a bottom-out kind of team. It seems like they're always in the fight, always either a playoff team or a fringe playoff team. But, I mean, your your situation there on saying who wins Stanley Cups and not is, is very fair. But, I mean, I'd rather have good goalie, goaltending than bad. So, I mean, I guess my question is, is where do you see him projecting? Do you see him projecting as if he doesn't go at six to Detroit, which a lot of people have suggested, do you see him, where do you see him going is, I guess, my question here. Um, yeah, to, to answer Tyler's question, I think um, Wallstat's potential for me, I still think is a, as a, a franchise goalie. I think he's got a franchise tag on him based off of the, you know, his uh his playing ability and the maturity in his game and already in his technique and how mature he is uh, i think it's really rare to come across a goalie like him that is so uh composed and controlled with his movements at, at his age and that's why i think you know i value him a little higher and, and around you know that that top 10 you know position and um you know i, I think it, it, it's you know, like we like we talked about, you know, goalies are a voodoo, but I, I just find that I have a little bit more um comfort in, in Wallstad and even more comfort than some of the other goalies that went high up in previous drafts, like uh Spencer Knight and uh Ask Ask- uh Ascaro. Yeah. Yeah, however he says However he Russian wants to say hard. it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Russian we'll figure it out. And people change the way they pronounce their names, I think, every year. Absolutely. Tavares, Tavares, I don't know. <laughs> but um yeah, so I, I think he's still a franchise goalie uh, in the making uh, based on his uh, his abilities, in my opinion. If you see him, like if he, if he doesn't go to Detroit at six, where do you see him going? You see him going in the top 10, the top 20. And is he a can't miss guy that, you know, will be in the league in the next like two or three years, you think? Um, great question. Honestly, I, I think that, 
he is a can't miss prospect. Like I said, I think I, I have him over Knight and Askarov. Um, it's just, I, I think if he doesn't go to Detroit at number six, he could even go higher to, uh, he could even go higher. Uh, we, you know, we really don't know because of how wonky this draft is. We could see Seattle want to take him at number two, you know, just because they want to get their franchise tag goalie. We, you know, like, I think that would be, you know, maybe rich, but we don't know who knows what Ron Francis is thinking. But I think, you know, the one thing I would look at is how many teams are in that top 10 that you can argue need a goalie uh you know san jose is a goal or san jose is a team that martin jones just hasn't worked out for them and i don't think san jose has a good goaltending prospect up and coming and so it makes sense for them to get uh to draft um wallstad ottawa senators you know they, they signed matt murray yes to the deal but I'm not sold on Matt Murray and only you know, Matt Philip Murray is Gustav's, sold on Matt Murray. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think he is. And I think, you know, his, his, his days of being in the limelight with Pittsburgh and winning those cups, I think it, it's kind of over. And so um, I, I think there's a lot of goalies that are a lot of teams that could use uh, to draft Wallstad in the top 10. So if he doesn't go to Detroit and at number six, I could still see him going, uh, to some of the teams that are right after Detroit. Ryan. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to really still get on that bandwagon for him to go to Detroit. Cause yes, he has that potential to be a top goaltender in the NHL. But to me, I think you look at some of the more recent guys picked in the first round, maybe not necessarily the top 10. I think a lot of those teams, at least just looking over it, already have some elite talent at the forward position and really defense. Detroit's not really there. Now we can mm-hmm. say that that's potentially coming with Raymond. You got to think that Cider's going to bring it to that elite level. Larkin, I think is still a bubble guy depending on how the roster ends up playing it out. So they have something there or in process. I mean, I guess you go back to like Mark Andre Fleury. He was Oh three. Crosby coming in after him as well as Malkin. So that was maybe, I don't know what else Pittsburgh's roster was looking like at that that point in time. But it's hard for me for a team that needs so much like Detroit to go in that direction. But again, because they need so much, maybe that's one of the things that they definitely gets them over the hump, especially as we're trying to make this turn and get into the playoffs in the next two to three years, hopefully. And that is where we're going to talk about the second round, where we oh, can kind well. of stock our system <laughs> a little bit more. Now, See, Tyler, that's how you do it. Right there. That the wings have options. The wings have options at thirty-eight and forty-eight. I've seen names like uh, Nikita Chibrikov, Logan uh, Stakovin, Kirill Kirasanov, Dylan Duke, Samu Salamenin. Um, now we know the Wings have talent in the pipeline for defense, but they still need some impactful forward prospects. Uh, so what would your move for Detroit be at 38 and 48? And who are some of the guys you would target if you're you're looking at their pool overall and kind of where their needs are at? I think uh, one player that I, I would target is uh, I, I have him higher. I don't know where you guys may have him, but uh, Zach Dean uh, playing in Gatineau in the QMJHL. I think he's a, a natural centerman that has the potential to become 
uh, a second line center. Um, and he's very much kind of like, uh, you know, what you alluded to earlier with Yeiserman saying and, and, you know, the two way play that they want maybe their forwards to to really play in uh to play with so uh and, and zach dean is fits that bill perfectly he's a smart competitive creative center you know extremely hard worker and his compete level will outmatch anyone else on the ice and and he brings it every time uh he steps onto the ice he never takes a shift off uh, he's always back checking hard for checking hard you know he, he'll do a lot of the dirty work for your team uh that i i think you know he, he's got a, a lot of leadership qualities in him and he's got you know some deceptive creativeness uh in his ability to play with the puck and i think he can you know give you some offense i think there's some you know better maybe some better offensive players available at number 38 but i this is also if zach dean slips to them i i don't think zach dean i maybe he's available at 38 but personally i don't think he should be i did see Um, a trade proposal with vegas where we would trade our pick our second first round pick back to 30 and take him with 30 yeah and i think that would be you know you know, smart because I, I'm really high on Zach Dean, obviously. And I think he is, you know, another centerman you can add to uh, their prospect pool. Um, and, and another player uh, that they could target, target with the number 38 pick that I, I really liked with in his uh, ability at the, the sweet or for team Sweden at the world under 18 tournament recently was William Stromgren. Uh, I really like his build, you know, he's six, three uh, he's lanky right now. He's six, three around 180 pounds, but he's got a ton of muscle to put on. And once you figure once he, you know, becomes physically mature, he's going to get to that 200 to five mark. And he's got that, yeah, he's got that power forward build. And the one thing that I, you know, really like uh, about Stromgren is not only does he have that natural size, um, I, I like his skating. I actually think he he's an all right skater. And I think once he, you know, hits top speed, he can, you know, make uh, some uh, troubles in the transition. I think he his startup is what needs to be worked on, worked on. I think his first step quickness isn't the greatest, but he's another guy who plays really high. Uh, he plays with a high motor shift to shift, and he already engages physically uh, with his opponents to try and get the puck back. And then once he fills out, I think he's going to be even stronger. I think you know, I really that like him, and he's too. another. Yeah, and he's another Swedish guy. So, and we know Detroit <laughs> loves their Swedish prospects. They're just they're ga- they're gaining all the Swedes so that when mm-hmm. they sign their next head coach and Ricard Gronborg, he feels at home when he's here. <laughs> and oh, that's yeah. <laughs> when they also sign Gabe Landeskog. Oh yeah, and then when we get Gabe Landeskog, <laughs> and that's the only thing Wallstedt really has <laughs> going for him Two is that he's Swedish. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so that's in the that's in the thirties. But I I mean, and this is where I get lost is pick forty eight. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, there's there's a lot of good options at number 48 that I actually, you know, I, I was surprised just briefly uh, looking at their their options at 48. And, and they could come away with, a, I think, a really good player and someone who translates really well. Uh, if they're they're looking again to, you know, get another center to to 
deepen their their prospect pool in that position you could go with red savage uh not only does he have yes. a badass name but <laughs> um he, he is you know another guy he plays in all situations i think we you know get the gist of where i'm going with the the, the targets for uh, detroit but you know he, he's a ter- terrific uh character player uh he was the captain of team usa at the u18s leads by example with how he plays um he's always hot Wrestling, uh, and he's really intelligent, really strong 200 foot player and centerman right now. Um, he makes all he, you know, he creates a lot of turnovers in the defensive zone that starts the transition for his, uh, his wingers. And that's something that's really noticeable is just how engaged he is, uh, defensively and you know how much he wants to strip pucks and, and get them back and uh, start the transition so you know i think he's a guy who plays very much in the dirty areas uh he's going to score from right in front of the net um you know he's got some decent hands uh i think he's a really solid option and you know another player uh you know he became one of my favorite uh I watched a game from him just before the u18s uh alexi hemo salmi uh right-handed shot defenseman who is a great puck rushing puck moving defenseman he can you know just co- go coast to coast i've seen multiple coast to coast goals now as well from him he's a one-man zone exit machine and just an all-around great skater and a great add uh, to their blue line that can transition the puck you know with ease and and that's i think so key uh, in this day and age is you need defensemen that are going to be able to to move the puck out quickly and confidently and i think that's what he can do i think he can also run the power play you know he's got really really soft creative hands great iq and you know he sees plays developing before his eye and then he executes on them so i really like uh, him is he a lefty or a righty he's a righty okay yeah, so. we need. We're gonna have to beef up our left defense. I think. I think that's why we got Nick Letty because he's like literally the only left defenseman worth anything that we have. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know that's the that's the one thing is sometimes when you look at the left shot, right shot. But they there there's a couple other options for them at 48 for even left shots. Uh, Olin Zellweger is another one. Uh, Jack Pert, uh, yeah, who was. <laughs> uh, I'm not too sure. Probably not. <laughs> um, it, 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 there's a there's a lot of options there, and uh, even left shots defensemen. Um, you know, like the Olin Zellweger, if he's available at number 48, it seems like he just keeps going up and up in rankings, though, and he may go higher. But um, I think you know he he's another quick, instinctive uh, puck moving defenseman whose skating stands out you know right away uh he's you know just a really really strong skater there's not a lot of holes in in that area of his game uh you know he can one man you know lead the transition all by himself carry it up through the neutral zone pass it out confidently like a lot of similarities to Hemo Salve, uh, Salmi, but uh, is is uh, already a uh, better skater. And uh, so I think Zellweger is uh, definitely another good option for Detroit at, at number 48. But what I think I hear you saying is center, 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 center. <laughs> That's what. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and if we go for, uh, forward other than center it, with pick six, uh, my choice, I guess, would be uh, Eklund, be, but I don't think Eklund's going to be there. 
So I think yeah. I think Eklund could go number one. Mm-hmm. To be honest, no, it, it definitely an option. I think you know, and and we uh, there was a report that came out that even you know Buffalo was high. Buffalo's team was high on Eklund as well, and you know there is uh, you know some Swedish. Uh, you know, love there in Buffalo. They've they've drafted you know a lot of Swedes uh, with their picks in in recent drafts as well. I mean, it feels like they draft maybe one or two Swedes, uh, and, and Eklund could be a guy that uh, fits their fits their bill. But I think you're you're missing on Owen Power, in my opinion. I think Owen oh, Power I would I would agree. Be. And especially if you you know you get Owen Power and Dalene. I think they're both left shot defensemen so they can't really play together but you have them one and two you know and on your decor i i I just don't know how you pass that up yeah i'm not sure either because i think that i mean right there with how bad buffalo was with how good they were supposed to be uh they need the defensive help so uh Mm -hmm. anything to get them another top pairing defenseman would do it um yeah but Jared, I would like to thank you for coming on tonight, and I would like to give you a chance to tell everyone where they can find you and your work online, uh, so that they can check it out before the draft. Yeah, so um, I, you know, have my own Twitter as we all do, <laughs> and uh, people can follow me at uh, Jared Brown with two N's ninety seven on Twitter, um, posting uh, you know daily, and I will be posting a lot more, tweeting out a lot more as the NHL draft comes around. Um, I'm even doing a fun little mini series where I'm using our draft simulator at draftprospectshockey.com uh, to do a mock draft for all three. 32 NHL teams before Friday hits. So um, you're putting it's the computer be, uh, to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily I got the time to do it. So uh, we'll see if I can get to, through all 32 teams, but so I'll be, uh, I'll be hard at work at that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we'd also love to have you on uh, after the draft, just to kind of go over our prospect pool, see what it looks like, where you would rank it. Cool stuff like that. Uh, just give a little mm-hmm. bit more insights to some of the, some of the people that the average fan may not know. Yeah, no, I'd love to come back on and, uh, you know, share some more insight on, you know, who Detroit ends up picking. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and taking the time to do this for us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on guys. Yeah. So that was a great interview. Uh, Jared's super, super knowledgeable. Uh, and we like to thank him for coming on and taking his time to go over the prospects, like literally three or four days before the draft. It always um, blows my mind. Just how much, like, just how much of, some people know do this for a living right like our good That's, friend tony who is apparently sadly leaving dauber um but just if you could you could literally sit and talk for eight hours about prospects with with people like jared and people like tony and they could keep going and you'd have to take a break just because your mind could not absorb it all um yeah, it's like because then there's the simpletons like us to be like yeah that would actually fit perfect with what this guy does yeah like ryan who who are you looking up as we That's, were talking Zellweger. So, yeah, what's Apparently the scoop, Apparently not Ryan? related to Renee. So, <laughs> we recently, this is fantastic, we uh, linked into JFresh. Uh, I recommend everyone player. does the same thing. I think it's at yeah. JFresh Hockey. Yeah. He, uh, looking at his prospect card, he actually has Olin Zellweger. He's 5'10", 174 out of Canada. Uh, looks like he's kind of a fringe almost like a joe valino number jonathan bergeron like in that 28 to like 36 range potentially but a solid moving defenseman he's got a 25 percent chance based off jay fresh's uh, projection model 
of becoming an NHL star with an 82% chance of becoming an NHLer. Now, I don't quite, I need to understand his uh, timeline stuff a little bit better, but the potential is there where he could be there sooner rather than later in the NHL. But from what Jared was just saying and what I just. Oh, and he's super young. He's 17. Yeah, like this could be one of those maybe late or, or I'm sorry, early second round like gems if he falls. Now I think his only knock as a defenseman would probably be that he's five foot ten. True, but look what we had for a five ten defenseman this past season. Sure, Troy Stetcher. Yeah, and what he could do at both ends of the well, ice. what he might be doing mm-hmm. for the Seattle Kraken pretty soon. Oh, look at that! Is that, is that so, geez, did you I guys just have a, a leeway or a transition? Right I now? might as well just take is my headphones and put them on That's the table two. because you keep Dude. stealing my transitions and stealing no. my segues and bringing. See, it at up. least I'm apparently doing it in order. Where Tyler was just all. <laughs> Tyler over says, the place. "Fuck it, I'm gonna segue to whatever I want. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> piss Greg off in any way possible." Tyler's like, "I'm gonna no, segue to uh, next episode." I've, see, I've, I've got, I'm going with the flow today. I'm, I've got a glass of monkey shoulder here. And what the Tigers are booty hole in the Texas Rangers nine nothing right now. It's good. Let's let's go. Wow, both of our baseball teams are doing the same thing. The Red Sox are smoking the Blue Jays twelve to four. So uh, we appreciate Jared coming on. He was super knowledgeable. I do love people that come on and are able to tell us about you know guys that are you know, 60, 70 deep in the draft. Um, and like I said, I mean, some of those names I had never heard of personally. And so I'm glad, you know, we now have certain scoops on, on you know, the second round and, and even a little bit further. So I'm glad he was able to come on. Yeah, but that's what we're going to take a look at. We're going to take a look at um, we've done draft and we will be at the draft party. The draft party. We will be there. They finally announced it. Tyler won't be there. We will be there. Me and Ryan uh, will be at the draft party. Sorry, Tyler. And we have T-shirts to give away to our listeners who can identify us. There's a lot. Uh, We have. I'm going to bring a backpack, Ryan. I suggest you bring a backpack. We'll put T-shirts in them. Um, you better remind me because you know damn well i'm gonna forget yeah i'm pissed man i would have loved to have been but i'm going to portland so sorry portland we, maine uh, not portland oregon Let's oh you're going to the point. wrong portland i think we <laughs> talked about this Tyler. yeah we, we did the plan but but we have uh <laughs> we have two red wings topics to talk about before Ooh. we talk about the draft party which we'll just mention the end. one is kind of important uh, well, they're actually both kind of important. So the Red Wings made a trade. Steve Eiserman picked up his phone, called Lou Lamarillo, and acquired Nick Letty for Dick Panic, uh, the 2021 second round pick from Dickless. Edmonton, which is number 52. And we retained 50% of Panic's salary. People flipped the fuck out about that. And I'm here to tell you that it's one statement. It's $1.375 million. It is absolutely nothing. Now, now here's a question, though. So we're are we officially into the new league year yet? I think so. No. Why? Why? No, I don't How does so. that work for the re- the salary retention? Does that count against us for next season, or is it just for the remainder of whatever this season is? Uh, next Panic season. is assigned through twenty twenty two twenty three. Yeah. Right. So is it retained? It's retained you retain it for the right? you return you retain the money through the length of the player's contract. Okay, I was just checking. Yeah, I, I thought that was the case, <laughs> yep. but I wasn't sure. So if Panic had eight years left, you would retain that money for eight years. 
feels so, odd. Yeah, uh, that's why retaining money on long-term deals that you trade is kind of sucks. But it's that's that was the trade, and we got Nick Letty. Now people like again flipped out, and you know why they flipped out? Because we traded a pick. People said that the pick a second round pick. Yeah, it, but people, but it wasn't even ours. No, it, one, it wasn't ours. Two, it's almost a third round pick. And what you're getting in Nick Letty, which you could really take that one either way. I'm sorry, I cut you off there, but what you're getting in Nick Letty is you're getting a guy who eats minutes like nobody's business. He's good on the power play. He provides offense, and he'll be a great mentor for Cider. But I think the big thing that a lot of people, because everyone was complaining about the pick, and I'm like, okay, I get it. You're So you're trading an asset that you could have used to get a prospect for uh, Nick Letty. But what I go back to is you can trade Nick Letty at the deadline. You pump his numbers up. You pump his time up. You show that he can play well. And you flip him for a second. And I mean, if, if everything really goes right him, for a first, but you could trade him for a pick in a better draft. That's the thing. Yeah. It, you you yeah. can take it either way and it's not going to be upsetting. No. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad we got Nick Letty. And I thought the trade was good. It gives us something that we don't have, especially on the left side of the defense. And if the your best play. left defenseman is Danny DeKaiser, you're going to have a bad time. So yeah. your, your top pair is, and I mean, unfortunately, your top pair is probably going to be DeKaiser and Hironic, and your second pair is probably going to be Letty and, and Cider, and then your third pair is Dealer's Choice, whoever's left over, well, and we'll get to that in, well, in the next part, but most likely. yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, but it's, I, I, I like the trade. And, and I will be one of the few probably to say I like the trade. There are several people on Twitter that say they like it. And I haven't listened to uh, our other podcasts uh, reactions on their actual podcasts about it. But I didn't see anything overly negative. But I don't see anyone saying that this is a and I'm not going to say it's a slam dunk home run deal. But I don't think that there are some people that say Iserman was fleeced. And no, if wasn't. you say that, that's real, that you have no idea why this trade happened. <laughs> yeah. I, Some I, people just, they just don't, they don't understand trades. They try to understand trades and then they're tweeting about it and they're putting in the comments. Don't even read the comments. The comments are just such a, a waste of time. Well, yeah. When I first saw this, I'm like, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, we got Nick Letty. And then I looked at it again and I'm like, oh, okay, we gave up a pick not a big deal and then we retain salary i'm like okay I, I feel like they didn't have to do that but maybe the islanders said well you know we really want to go after someone in free agency or we want to pluck someone away uh you know facilitate a trade in the expansion draft or what have you so i kind of understand it and i mean from eisenman's perspective i mean if he likes nick letty he thinks nick letty is the perfect guy that can play with mo cider or can play with uh, Philip Heronic, uh, we we pretty much established it's going to be cider, but um, I don't know. I mean, go out and get it. I, I I don't understand why everyone has to complain so much about a player that's going to make you better now. I mean, he's not, and he's not thirty six. That's the other thing. He's exactly. thirty years old. So he's a, he's I, I don't a guy know. That can I, move well on the back. I hate to be one of those people that that every time Eiserman makes a move, like. 
it was like, oh, oh, no, he shouldn't have done that. But I'm also not one of those people that's like, oh, Eisenman made this move that, that makes the team that much better. This is kind of one of those moves where I'm like, eh, you know, it makes the team a little bit better in the short term. And, you know, hopefully the – yeah, I mean, Nick Letty's a decent player, uh, pretty good power play guy, um, pretty good puck mover, didn't have any – two what, two goals last year or something like that? Yeah, but he so, had I like mean, 31 he's... points in 48 games, I think it was. So. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I have no problem with this is, is I guess, where I'm leaning towards. I think the biggest thing to take away from when you look at a lot of the – comments and posts that are out there more so not from the peanut gallery like like us but the analytics aspect of it especially so going back to the j fresh hockey um what stands out when you're looking at him he's a primary assist hog so you mentioned Mm -hmm. he had 31 points 31 and 56 yeah 30 31 points 29 assists in 56 games so yeah he he eats up that primary assist so that that thing right there to me this team badly needs because well i shouldn't say they badly need it because it reminds me of heronic now you've got two guys that can make move the puck very well but what would the other thing the i think what really makes him kind of stand out a little bit more is what he can do on the power play we know how bad the power play was we know that alex tangay was brought in to revamp this power play we know what heronic can potentially do back there yeah now you have another guy in the back end that based off what we have right now we didn't have much and that i think was one of our biggest like hurdles to overcome was what to do like you saw how many games did we have last year where we had two defensemen back there because we didn't have enough faith in one of them to do it or we we're just so hurt on offense so he brings you can either put him and heronic together back there put them both on one a one b duty and just let them go so i think that's with stetcher being exposed as well as Chalowski, that's two guys that are offensive minded that Luddy can more or less easily replace. And that's what your I think the intent is there, depending on whether or not Stetcher gets picked up or not. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and like like Tyler said, it, it's Luddy's not 35. He's 30. And if you have him for this season and if he does great, you can flip him. If he does great and you want to retain him, you could probably retain him for another couple years and just see how he progresses. But he's not absolute garbage, which is a lot of people are trying to make him out like, well, Lou Fleece, Eiserman, Letty is garbage. And if he's you look super special, but he's not no, shit. But he's a solid left defenseman in a position where you don't really have a top four. I mean, you okay. So I guess you could maybe, depending on what version of Danny DeKaiser you get, Danny DeKaiser is a bottom four, probably middle pair defenseman if he's playing the way he should be playing. But you don't have a guy who you could say, that's a consistent top four left defenseman. And that's why you bring someone like Letty in to one, mentor your young guys, and to two, take a solid position on the left side of the defense where you don't have a, a really reliable guy there that can play tough matchups and that can play big minutes. So you need a guy on the left side that can match minutes with Philip Hronick. And that's something that Nick Letty can do. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I like the deal. I have no problem with the deal. I think that, you know, people are majorly overreacting, which I mean, seems to happen every time that there's a deal that's made, whether it's good or bad for the organization. And I don't think Eisenman's made too many bad moves. 
I don't chalk this one up as a bad move, regardless of what happens. Unless that pick that he trades turns out to be Andre Vasilevsky or turns out to be someone of the ilk like that. I mean, other than that, I mean... You just had to reference the trade that involves Kyle Quincy, huh, Tyler? That's that's cool. That's real fucking cool. Jesus Christ, Tyler. Had to go down the Kyle Quincy route. Look, I'm not going down down that road, but... A traded draft pick... And Andre Vasilevsky, which is direct correlation <laughs> to Kyle fucking Quincy. <laughs> he had Why? to do it. Why did you do that? Look, I, I had to bring it up because uh, that would did be you, the though? only. You I didn't? did have to bring it up. No, you really didn't. You could have said Henrik Zetterberg. That would have been cool. Well, if we, if we look, if we look at Nick Letty's similarity scores uh, using Evolving Hockey's uh, little tool here. Uh, he has an 83% similarity to a 28 to 30 year old Dan Girardi from the 2012 to 2015 season. He has a 81.5% uh, similarity to a 24 to 26 year old Nikita Zaitsev from 2016 to 19. I don't like the next one because it's Jack Johnson, but he has an 80. Hey. He has an well, that's Jack Johnson from 2011 to 2014. That's a good Johnson. And he has an 81.1% similarity to vintage Mark Stahl, 2014 to 2017 Mark Stahl. So uh, those are not bad people to be compared to. Um, it's So I'm going to take it. I mean, I like looking at the least similar players, least similar to a 2014 to 2017 Eric Carlson. Well, no shit. That's like, who what was, was the peak? Yeah, exactly. So... I, I think that you're getting a good, you're not getting a world beater. You're not getting an elite defenseman. You're getting a good defenseman and you did not give up really anything. Plus you got out of Richard Panic's forward contract. So you got an, you opened up a spot uh, for a forward to come in in case someone like a, a Jonathan Bergen forces his way into the lineup or got, like from long shot Lucas Raymond could fo- force his way into the lineup. You've got room for that now. And you were just all you had to do was retain one point three seven five million of Panic's contract for one more season, which is nothing. I, th- I think that's the biggest part of this whole trade, to be honest with you, because we knew that Panic was going to be in this roster or on the roster, I should say. Now, who is going to fill that role? Is the intent now going to be dependent on who they draft? Is that going to be a skater that's in the roster this year? I doubt it, unless it's maybe a McTavish. I think that's one of the few guys you can honestly say likely makes this team like straight out the gate. But that's a long shot. Yeah. So who internally does that mean that I think the door is wide open for a Bergeron? Sure, I do too. Raymond or... Joe Joe Valeno, I think, is I think a depth lock, especially the fact that you know Phil Pola probably gone, Franz Nielsen buried, but it really I think it adds a lot more intrigue to what they're going to do on the forward side of things. Well, let's yeah, see. Plus, how... Valeno came up at the end of the year and looked pretty comfortable. I would say he didn't rip really it really comfortable. Or... But he looked comfortable <sighs> for sure. Or caveat, it's just the that's how they opened up the door for Giovanni Smith. Could be that too. Now, Smith does need a spot. Um, there are several players that could earn a spot. Svechnikov, I mean, maybe say, he turns into an all-star. Who was actually protected? Have no, and that's what we're going to go into now is the Seattle expansion. So that's the three, other baby. thing. Yeah, the, the other thing is expansion <laughs> draft protected lists were released 
And the Red Wings protected Tyler Bertuzzi, Shit show. Adam Ernie, Robbie Fabry, Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen, Giovanni Smith, uh, Jacob Vrana, Phil Peronic, Nick Letty, Gustav Lidstrom, Thomas Grice. Notable uh, non-protected players include Carey Price, Gabriel Landeskog. There were a few other I just looked at it and I went, what? Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko. Like, what is going on? And a lot of them are like, well, they're UFAs. They, they'd be dumb to pick them and not have a contract contract in place or like in the case of Carey Price they're hoping that his cap hit and the fact that he might need hip surgery is going to keep if I'm Seattle I'm just taking Carey Price and giving a big middle finger to Montreal it'd be hilarious yeah, but then you're taking an easy 10 million off their shitty cap situation sure but you're also taking the goalie that willed them to the Stanley Cup finals yeah. Jake Allen's not going to take you to the Stanley Cup finals so it's it'd be hilarious. I would totally do it because a Bergevin goes from being like a god to a homeless person in one day. Harry Price being exposed I, to me, it seems kind of like a smokescreen. It kind of seems like, well, you know, maybe Seattle will take them and then they go and they take Jonathan Drouin instead. It just to me, it doesn't seem like they're going to take a goalie that's making what ten million dollars a year. Ten point five, I think. Plus, he's got some knee and hip issues. I just apparently I, to me, there, there. I saw something saying there's a chance he doesn't play until sometime in January or February. Oh, convenient, no like Shea Weber. Yeah. No but, thanks if I'm the Kraken. Um, did Montreal see exactly what Tampa did and they're just going to kind of copy it? I think that's what that son of a bitch is trying to do. <laughs> he is. He's He's got that. He's the long haired locks are just getting in, in, into the brain, apparently thinking that he can uh, wow everybody with like, oh, big balls here. Who are you going to take? Shea Jake Weber Allen's or Carey the, Price. Uh-huh. Jake uh-huh. Allen's the next uh, the next best goalie in the league. Get out of here. <laughs> so the Red Wings leave. Ex- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the Red Wings leave exposed Riley Barber, Kyle Criscolo, uh, Turner Elson, Valtteri Filppula, Sam Gagne, Luke Glendening, Darren Helm, Taro Hirose. That's another name that no one's really talking about, but he's also a UFA coming up. Uh, Vladislav Nemestikov, Franz Nielsen, Bobby Ryan, uh, Evgeny Svechnikov, Dominic Turgeon, Hayden Verbeek, Alex Biega, Dennis Chalowski, Danny DeKaiser, Christian Juice, Joe Hicketts, Dylan McElrath, Mark Stahl, Troy Stetcher, Jonathan Bernier, Kevin Boyle, Caden Fulcher, and Calvin Pickard. So, um, side note, majority of those guys are RFA or UFA. Yep. But I think from the looks of it, that Seattle would be remiss if they did not take Troy Stetcher. He just won gold with Team yeah. Canada. Uh, he was on a lot of nights uh, one of our best defensemen. And, and goalie. I just, uh, yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> understand. I get wanting to, I mean, and I get the point that Stet- 3D, uh, your third defenseman on the right-hand side is probably, Troy Stetcher is probably a waste there. Um, you're, you taking, you wanting to go a little bit, maybe more of a defensive defenseman in they protected Gustav Lindstrom. I don't think that gets you there. I've not seen anything super impressive about Lindstrom's game. I will still say that I think Troy Stetcher is worth more in a trade than Gustav Lindstrom or Dennis Chalowski are worth on our roster. So maybe they, unless there's a deal, side deal. Okay. Okay, a side deal. Ha- you think it would have happened already, though? Well, you mean with no. Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't it have to It can't be announced. Why, why would you do a side deal for a guy like Troy Stetcher, though? 
who only has one year left and don't know if he wants to actually sign long-term with Detroit or not, or sign another deal with Detroit or not. So I, I don't know. If there is a side deal, I think that uh, Seattle still has time to talk to teams and they can still make deals, but I don't think those deals are announced uh, until later on. Um, they is said that when, he, it, when the actual draft comes out is where it gets officially like brought forward? Um, I know that that if there are deals, I saw a tweet that said if there are deals made, um, they will probably talk about them, but like nothing can be made official. But I, I don't, I just don't think that, that that's the case. And then I, I don't like losing Stetcher when I think you could have traded Stetcher. Um, especially since I don't think Gustav Lindstrom has any trade value. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tricky because while Stetcher seems like the most obvious pick, I could still see Vladdy going. I could too. So Nemestikov is probably the second. He can be, he can play anywhere on your forward roster, whether it be a top line minutes or bottom line minutes. Not top line. You want to, you're hoping that's more minimal. But I think the big thing there, and I was, I forget what what I was reading today or yesterday, is the the intangibles he brings, especially on the penalty kill. Because I think he had what five of his eight goals or six of his eight goals this year were empty netters. But it speaks to the type of position guy that he can be for you. And he's also cheap. That's where maybe you hope that Seattle goes that route with it instead of taking Stetcher off our hands. Yeah. I just, well, I don't like it. What, what annoyed me, like I said, there's not much that annoys me from this Eisenman era, uh, especially since we're pretty, you know, new at this point to this, but the thing that really kind of pissed me off about this is like Troy Stetcher was borderline your best defenseman last year, and you're not going to protect him. You're going to protect the guy that was that's a fringe NHL player at best in Gustav Lindstrom to to not protect a guy that was your best or second best defenseman on the team. I just don't understand it for the life of me, and we have the right to be pissed off about that. Well, to that point, though, and I think this is the one of the things that keeps getting I've seen kind of comment on the most. You got 27, almost 28 versus 22. And Lindstrom hasn't really had the opportunity to come in and do something. It doesn't mean you have to sign him to a long term deal. You bridge him out or go maybe two to three max give him that opportunity to make make a name for himself because he's had a very limited sample size. Now, has it been great? Not really. But he's been more sound defensively, <laughs> which is, I think, why he's there over Chalowski, who's been a, an awful mess other than his few random offensive outbursts. Now, Stetcher, yes, we, we talked about it. Both ends of the ice, he was great. But long term, I think that's where the hope and prayer is on the Iserman side of things. 22 years old, defenseman, good size. He's good, good in his own end. You've got the other guys there that are going to drive the play with Letty, hopefully Cider, Heronic, whoever else they maybe potentially bring in. So really now to me, it's just the balancing act of not being too offensively focused on, on defense while also it, while also still maintaining some sense of like actual defense back there. So it's, I, I don't, I'm not a fan, but I'm not truly against it. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of, it made me look at the list and go, uh, I mean, I guess the 
they're going to do what they're going to do. And they, he, they, Seattle has good choices, but I don't think any of the choices are going to impact us as much as, as maybe the initial reaction was simply because yeah, Troy Stetcher has one year left on his contract, but if he becomes your third pairing defenseman, he's not playing 20 minutes a night. So he's not out there And he's enough. not going to have to. No, and he's not out there enough to really make that kind of defensive impact um, as to where you're going to have Cider out there probably hitting close to, could probably hit close to 20 minutes a night. You're going to have uh, Heronic out there 23 minutes a night. So I think that's kind of where I'm okay with it. And maybe Iserman did see that Stetcher didn't want to come back, but I still think you could have traded him and, and got more in assets than just letting him go for nothing to Seattle. Matt Larkin from the Hockey News and over at Sports Illustrated does have uh, Seattle taking Troy Stetcher. Now, he did put out his Seattle mock list, um, and I want to run through that really quick before we close out the show, just to kind of get a chan- uh, chance to look at what a Seattle team could possibly look like. So he's been taking Hayden Fleury from the Anaheim Ducks, uh, Michael Bunting from Arizona, no clue who that is, I guess he showed intriguing goal scoring ability this season. I watched zero Arizona Coyotes this season, but they could also take Phil Kessel. So Connor <laughs> Clifton from Boston, uh, Will Borgen from Buffalo, Mark Giordano from Calgary. So that Wait, was, an, was that last one. Uh, Will Borgen, defenseman the from the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Borgen profiles as a steady physical presence who could occupy a third pair spot and doesn't have enough yeah. NHL experience to require a big raise on his $864,000 cap hit. Um, Mark Giordano from Calgary. Uh, yeah, that one's surprising just because of the cap hit relief. that $6.75 million. Uh, yeah. Jake Bean from Carolina. Ryan okay. Carpenter from Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, Jonas Donskoy mm-hmm. from Colorado. Jonas. Max Domi from Columbus. Uh, Surprising. First of all, Columbus decided to expose him after just acquiring him. Yep. Like that adds to the narrative right there of the. Please take my big money contracts. Well, no, just people outside of Columbus being like, nobody wants to play there. And then like everyone, you hear players say that they actually enjoyed it after they get there. But most guys are like, People say it sucks. I don't want to go there. And then they get there, enjoy it. <laughs> Let them go. Then all of a sudden, hey, <laughs> see you later. Uh, they haven't taken Here's some chili. Adam Sharon from the Dallas Stars. I, I'm sorry, who? Rather than have them force the new Mark Andre Fleury narrative with a rickety Ben Bishop, I project the Kraken to go with a cheap upside player in AHL prospect Masharin. Uh From Detroit, Troy Stetcher. From Edmonton, Yuhar Korea, Kyra, Kyra. Oh, Jujar Kara. Is that his name? Are you serious? That's how you say his name, Jujar. Yeah, Jujar Kara. Yeah, yeah, big dude. Okay, that's Ken Daniel say it a million times. Real big body. That's what it says. It says Kyra brings an incredibly high volume of body contact per shift. He when he was out there, you'd see him out there with McDavid a lot, kind of his uh, shadow. For Florida, they have Chris Drieger, who is apparently already in contract talks with what, Seattle on a three-year, three, three point, three, uh, three point, yeah, three point six five or three and a half mm-hmm. million dollar contract. Uh, L.A. Kyle Clay or Kale Clegg, Kale. Yeah, he was a 
He was a like, top round pick, um, Canada World Junior. Another player Kale, like Kale really McCarr. Yes. Spelled the same way or like K A L E Clegg. Oh, so it's like the food. Kale is C A L E. Yeah. Uh, but it's also K A L E. McCarr is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, McCarr is yeah. what I'm saying. Well, yeah, uh, no, we're talking about this guy's crazy name. From the but Minnesota Wild. The plant. I'm going to call him the plant. <coughs> Kale Clegg. From the Minnesota Wild, Capo Kakinen. Uh, from the Montreal Canadiens. That could be an interesting one. He could be. His contract's cheap. He's an yeah. RFA uh, till twenty twenty. Or he's an RFA in twenty twenty two. Their note on it is: I know Cam Talbot outplayed Kakinen over the past season, but Kakinen flashed star potential in spurts and is a decade younger. He's a natural yeah. choice for the Kraken. To me, home run swing for the cost of almost nothing. Uh, from the Montreal Canadiens, Brett Kulak from Nashville Predators, Cali Yarncroc from the New Jersey Devils, Nathan Bastian from the New York Islanders, Jordan Epperly. From the Rangers, Colin Blackwell. From Ottawa, Chris Tierney. From Philly, James Van Riemsdyk. From Pittsburgh, Mm. Zach Aston-Reese. From San Jose, Dylan Gambrell. And from from St. Louis, Vince Dunn. From Tampa Bay, Andre Palat. From Toronto, Alex Kerfoot. From Vancouver, Braden Holtby. From Washington, Brendan Dillon. From Winnipeg, Dylan DeMello. So some good names in there, man. There are. And then a lot of people are saying, looking at the expansion list, doesn't look like it's going to be another Vegas, but they didn't think Vegas would be a Vegas. So here we are. Well, Vegas got lucky that that a guy like Alex Tuck became a good, um, you know, a top six player, uh, probably a top, top, top line player. I mean, he's, what is he on the second line now? Um, William Carlson became a good first line center. Jonathan Marsh or so was found money. Um, Nate Schmidt was tremendous for them. I mean, they just found these guys and Mark Andre Fleury, you know, uh, had his ups and downs with, with the playoffs and everything. And then all of a sudden he had a great year with them and he's been good ever since for the most part. I mean, they, they really did get lucky now. But they did do some homework in terms of this. And, I mean, Seattle has had, what, almost two years now, a year and a half now to, to figure out who they think there is going to be available. Now they have a concrete idea. And I'm sure they know at, at this point who they're taking and what it's going to be. I, my interesting thing is, are they going to try to be cheap? Or are uh, they going to no. try to go for I it? Think, no, are they going to try to be a good they've team? Got, they've, they've been instructed to spend to the cap. Yep, they got green light. Hmm. So they're they're. I, think I, they're I don't know if I. Heavy. The, the thing with that is, is like uh, okay, so you can take Mark Giordano, you can take Troy Stetcher, you can take guys like that, you can take um, Max Domi, Max Domi, Jonathan Drouin, or Carey Price. I mean, how are they? Do, where do they stack up? Is my question. I mean, I guess it depends on what team they put on the ice. And then, you know, obviously they have a second round overall pick. They could bring Maddie Veneers in right away. I mean, I guess they could be pretty competitive. The yeah. more I think about it, I mean, the potential's there. It just depends on again, how they spend it. Because yep. you think about most of these contracts now, if they go for the UFAs, I'd be kind of surprised and amazed. I mean, I think Dre- is it Dreger, Dredger, Dreger, Dreger. Yeah. I don't know why I get the actual one, but anyways, like he he is a pending UFA, but he's already sounds like committed. He's to talking going with them, there. yeah. 
So yeah. that's the best case scenario. You're, you're not really getting that from every other guy that's out there, like Gabe Landeskog, for instance. Yes, he's been exposed. He's a UFA. Ovi, or Alex Ovechkin is a UFA. He was exposed, but it's because they're not under contract, so they didn't have to worry about it because most of these guys, they know or hope, I should, they should say. They don't want to sign with them. That they're not going to go and sign with this team. Now, that doesn't mean they can't go sign elsewhere. But the odds are better that you're not getting picked up there by Seattle and then swept get your feet swept under you from out under you. So it's we'll have a I, lot to talk about it, next it, week when be, it actually be, happens. Yeah, it'll be fun because, like you said, he's going to spin to the cap. But it's most interesting because you look at Carolina. Francis was there kind of to get the roots going for where they're at now. Yep. So, and it, it sounds like he is very much behind the analytics bandwagon. So, it's going to really make a lot of people on Twitter hot and happy. So, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to me, if they take like Vince Dunn from St. Louis, Ryan Donato from San Jose, Jason Zucker from Pittsburgh, JVR, uh, Evgeny Dadnoff, Brett Howden, Kiefer Bellows, I mean, and swap out Kiefer Bellows and put in Jordan Eberle. Now you have, you know, Jonathan Drouin from the Canadians or Carey Price, Anthony Duclair potentially from the Florida Panthers if if the whole Drigger thing doesn't work out and they can't get a contract together. Uh, I mean, they, there's endless possibilities there. They really do have uh, a decent amount of, um, I guess, assets. I mean, Vitek Vanacek's another guy from, from the uh, yep. Capitals that I look at. TJ Oshie, was he protected or no? I, I didn't look at every single one of the lists. There's... Oshie and Kuzi were both protected. Oh, they were both protected. Okay, well, that's interesting then. Well, anyways, I mean, but you got to think there's also free agency that they can go out and, I mean, they're not going to give an eight-year deal to, um, you know, Zach Hyman or anything like that. I don't think. I mean, I guess you could, you never know. But, um, you know, there's Ryan Suter out there. There's uh, there's definitely potential defensemen out there and forwards the out legit there. legit UFAs. Well, yeah, there are legit UFAs. Gabriel Landeskog, they could give him, what, $10 million a year to come to Seattle? Sure. And be the captain of the Kraken? Yeah, hell of a move. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. something we're going to talk about next week. Um, we're going to wrap it up for tonight because we went way over. So yeah. uh, I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. We'll start with Ryan. Uh, go Tigres because they're just beating the shit out of Texas. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's going to be a fun week. I'm looking forward to, uh, the draft party. I still got to kind of figure out some logistics behind that for the baby, but yeah, should be a good time. Hope to see a lot of people out there. And as long as the weather holds out, it'll be fantastic. Already Ryan 33. Hmm. Don't get me started with the weather. Do not get me started. With <laughs> oh, the whatever weather. Kyle Quincy. Listen, listen, I went to two minor league baseball games over the weekend. Two of them rained the Tigers out. Game. Is this Two your, fi- is this your final thoughts, up. Tyler? Is your no, final thoughts no. you complaining about your rained out baseball games? <laughs> no, my final thoughts are enjoy the expansion draft. It should be fun. It'll give us something to watch on TV, on ESPN, by the way, and something definitely to watch Dose. and to talk about for the next couple weeks here and to see how Seattle builds their team. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Be happy to interact with you. Yes, we will be at the draft party this Friday. Come find us. We'll actually, I know, (laughs) 
everyone listens to us and i'm like no one knows what the fuck we look like so i will tweet out a picture of me and ryan wearing be really our cool shirts hats. yeah i know i talked to <laughs> someone about that today so uh yeah we will be wearing our shirts we will have shirts to give away we actually have quite a few of them so come find us hang out with us drink what how many we got a lot okay um so come find us hang out with us drink with us we're gonna party we're gonna be shocked by the pick i'm sure like we were with most cider uh we'll be finding and pestering darren mccarty um, but it'll be a good time. You got a shirt uh, for him too. Yeah, a good time will be had by all. So hit us up there. Uh, find us on, ask us on Twitter where we're at. I'm sure we will uh, be posting our locations. And I want to try to maybe go a little early to uh, head down to a bar down there or something before we go over. Um, so there will be more on that coming. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcast where podcasts are hosted. We like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network, who so graciously hosts us and spreads our podcast out all over the internet. Uh, you can you if you go to howieshockeytape.com and use promo code Grindline, you get ten percent off your order. If you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get twelve percent off your order. And we also like to give a shout out to Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. You can head over to Redbubble and search The Grind Line and find our sweet merch shop where we sell a ton of stuff that's just been absolutely on fire lately. Uh, we have we've sold a lot of stuff, seen a lot of good feedback on Twitter, people posting their pictures of their shirts, and they look absolutely great. I'm going to pat myself on the back because they're all original designs by me. So uh, yay for me. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to see everyone down at the draft party on Friday and tweet us for where we'll be and you get some free stuff. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Yeah. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. Bye. Good that job. Good. <laughs>